Hey, I knew I was going to have to preach this message when I spoke to a community leader just a few weeks back. And, you know, while we were chatting, they made the statement, you know, this pandemic isn't necessarily bringing out the best in people. And, I, you know, I think we see that come to, to life every day on the news, correct? We hear about some fight that broke out in a store because somebody's wearing or not wearing a mask or we hear about some poor attendant who's working in a convenience store who gets beat up because they, you know, they ask somebody to wear a mask like they're instructed to do by, by their corporation. You know, or we, we read about somebody getting kicked off of a plane because they're making a scene on the, on the airplane about having to wear a mask. And, you know, we've even experienced here at the church with a couple of things that have taken place. And, and so, you know, it's just one of those moments where, you know, the pandemic isn't necessarily bringing out the best in everybody. You know, neighbors are calling on neighbors and ratting them out to the Board of Health or whatever other authorities around them. And, and, I, and I just knew when I read that, I, that and, and saw that and heard the statement from them that I was going to have to preach this message as a part of our One Hit, hit Wonders series. Because, believe it or not, it's absolutely no shocker that Jesus knew that we were going to have to forgive one another a lot, you know? It's no, it was no shocker to Jesus that the forgiveness of other people was going to be something that's a common need in our lives. And today I want to talk to us about forgiveness. You know, we've been doing this series called One Hit Wonders, and the whole premises behind it has been that, you know, we, sometimes we need to hear something more than once before we really get it. And so I've been going back into some series that we've had here in recent years at Hope Chapel and pulling out messages that are really relevant to us today. And, and you know, when I, when I got that, again, that comment from this community leader, I said, you know what, we've got to go back into that series entitled The Power of Forgiveness, and we've got to talk about forgiving one another. And the passage of scripture I want to point us to today is in Matthew chapter 18, and, and it really starts off with this wonderful interaction. You know, Jesus had been talking to his disciples about how to restore a brother who's kind of stumbled in their walk of faith. And so, in, in that prompts people to say, hey, you know what, how, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? So Peter asked this questions of Jesus, how, how often am I supposed to forgive somebody? And the common theory of the day, based upon some phrases out of Amos, the book of Amos, and a couple of other things, was that you needed to forgive people three times. You know, in the book of Amos, there's a statement that says, you know, three times and even four, meaning that, you know, God has forgiven three times, but the fourth time, that's it, you're at your limit. And so there was this idea that, that you needed to forgive people three times, but then after that, you didn't really need to forgive them. So Peter pipes up, so how often am I supposed to forgive somebody? And he thinks finally he's going to knock it out of the park because he says, seven times? Should I forgive somebody seven times? You know, thinking, all right, I'm going to double three to six and then add one and get to seven. And surely Jesus is going to give me a big slap on the, slap on the back and say, that a boy, you finally get it. You know, you're going the extra mile kind of thing. And, and Jesus responds to him and says, no, 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 not seven times. Seven times 70 Meaning, not meaning 490 times, but meaning indefinitely, right? We infinitely, we need to be ready to forgive people over and over and over again. Again, it's no shocker that Jesus was fully aware that life in general, and especially when we're in moments of pandemics, 
we're going to face this challenge of needing to forgive other people. And so with that, he tried to give us some great teaching about how to do that. And I'd love for you to grab your Bible, if you haven't already, and turn to Matthew chapter 18. I want to read, beginning with verse 21, the words that I've just kind of quoted to you, and read down through the end of, of verse 35, where Jesus tacks on a teaching story, a parable for us about the need for forgiveness and, and why it's so imperative for us. And so, again, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through, 25, through 35. So again, Jesus has been teaching about restoring a brother, a brother who's messed up, a brother who needs to be forgiven. And out of that, Peter says, Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And again, rattling around the back of his head is the idea of three times. But he goes on to say, as many as seven times? I tell you, not even as, as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven, infinitely. Beginning with verse 33. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought before him. Now, to give you an idea of how much money this was, you know, um, 10,000 talents was the equivalent of about 300,000 years of, of, an, of a year's wages. So think of a year's wages and multiply it by 300,000, right? It's a massive amount. You know, just a little math that I did in preparation for this. Somebody's making $25,000 a year, $500 a week with two weeks of vacation, making $25,000 a year. This amounts to $7.5 billion that this guy owed. $7.5 billion. So he brings in this, he brings in one who owed $10,000 talents. Since he didn't have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had to be sold to pay the debt. Now it's probably still going to be just a drop in the bucket. At this, the, the servant fell face down before him, right? He just, he just does a face dive before him. He says, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Yeah, fat chance, right? When you owe seven and a half billion, but he says, I'll pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. And that's a picture of God and what he does with us. We have a massive debt that we can never repay because of our sin. He forgives us and lets us go. Verse 28, that servant, the one who was just forgiven, went out and he found one of his fellow servants. So this is some of the people that are on the same level, same pe our peers, our neighbors, our family. He says, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. You know, depending upon how you do the math and stuff, this is about $10,000, plus or minus $10,000. Not pocket change by any amount, but, but doable for, for most, right? He owes him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and he started choking him, right? And said, pay what you owe. And at this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him. Sound familiar? <laughs> exactly what he did before the master. Now this fellow servant, his neighbor, is doing the same thing before him. Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. 
He wasn't willing. Instead, he went and he threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. Now, when, when the other servants saw what had taken place, they, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant. Right, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt, seven and a half billion, because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant as I have mercy on you? Great question for us to ask ourselves as well. Should we not have mercy on others because of the great mercy that God has had on us? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that he was owed, a picture of the judgment. So also, my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from the heart. From the heart. How do we forgive from the heart? You know, and, and one of the things I want to talk about right up front, it, it, because this is kind of like a, it's like a theological stumbling point for a lot of us. We, we, we can read a passage like this. We can actually pray the Lord's Prayer like, Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And somehow or another, we can look at it and think, well, you know what? My forgiveness from God is dependent or requires my serving other people. And so we kind of get this idea that, that in order for us to be forgiven by God, we need to be people who have already forgiven others, that somehow or another we earn it that way. And, and that is theologically anathema. That is not correct at all, right? In fact, in, in, um, in the book of Ephesians, you know, we read this passage of Scripture, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is God's gift, not as a result of works, not as a result of anything that we do that no one should boast, right? That's again Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Our forgiveness doesn't have anything to do with what we do, including forgiving other people. It's fully a work of God. So our forgiveness from God is not dependent on us being forgiven by others. So what can we say about this? I mean, this idea that we have to forgive others from the heart if we are truly going to be people who are forgiven by God. And, and I think the statement we could really make is this, is that being forgiven and being forgiving biblically are inseparable. Another way to put it is that when, when we experience God's forgiveness in our lives, it makes us forgiving people. It's, it's like it comes in and it alters our heart. It changes who we are. It adapts. It shapes us to be people who are forgiving. So the idea of being forgiven by God and being forgiving people are inseparable because in many ways they're two sides of the same coin. We experience this this gift, if you will, this mercy from God that frees us from the 10,000 talents that we owe in our debt to God. And because of that, we walk out of there and say, you know what, I'm going to forgive you the, the, the 100 denarii you, open me. you owe me. Because we're just, we're just forgiving type people as we move forward. But listen, just because 
those of us who have been forgiven by God through our faith in Jesus Christ, and it makes our hearts, it doesn't mean it's necessarily easy for us to be people who are forgiving. In fact, many of us find it really, really hard to forgive. And I want to talk to us today a little bit about what does it really mean for us and why is it important for us to be people who are forgiving. Again, if you've never experienced God's forgiveness by experiencing his grace, by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and receiving that gift of mercy, receiving that gift of eternal life, receiving that gift of, of forgiveness, I invite you to do so right now. And let us know that you did because we want to have a way to follow up and support you in that journey. But with that, now that we have these forgiving hearts, how is it that we really forgive? And what does it really mean to do that? And why is it so vital for us? Because I think it really is about being something that's important for us spiritually to be people who forgive. Again, we're in these moments where people aren't wearing their masks right in the store and we get angry, right? We have people who, who come to our door or serve us or do whatever and, 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 and they're just not as kind or as thoughtful or as observant about things. And we get angry and we, we see that kind of stuff. How is it that we are really people who forgive? You see, you know, we have a tremendous capacity to be hurt because we have a tremendous capacity to hurt other people. So it's really vital for us to get this. And listen, I, hey, I don't want to minimize some of this. You know, some of you have been deeply hurt by others. You've been abused you were abused verbally or physically or emotionally. Some of you have been betrayed. You've been lied to. You've been cheated on. And you've been deeply hurt. The kinds of, the kinds of actions that have in many ways set your life on a whole different course, if you will, a whole new path. You're kind of going this way, and because of this, now you're having to go this way. And, and it's totally different. It's nothing that you ever wanted. It was inflicted upon you. And that hurt is really deep. But I want to say to you, it's still critical that you learn how to be a person who forgives. You know, there's a tremendous passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, where it says this, Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Because we've been forgiven, we have to be people who are forgiving. And remember, God doesn't give us a demand. He doesn't ask us to do anything if it's not really in our best interest. And I'm hoping to answer that question as we go forward. In fact, uh, the book of Hebrews puts it a different way. It says that we aren't to let any root of bitterness in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And bitterness is basically calcified anger. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's an unforgiveness that has become metastasized, if you will, with inside of us. He said, let no root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble. And by it, many be defiled. Right? He, he said, you know, you need to deal with this stuff and get it out of your life become, until it becomes set up within you that it actually takes over and destroys everything that's around you. It's something that you and I really need to get at. So what are some things that we really need to know about forgiveness? And I, I'm going to draw back and forth through the parable and through some other scriptures and also just kind of add in some good biblical common sense stuff as we go through all of this. And I think one of the things that really helps us figure out how to be people who are forgiving because we've been forgiven is to realize what forgiveness isn't. I think one of the very first things that we need to realize is what forgiveness isn't. Because sometimes I think that misconception is really what kind of sets us off and makes it hard for us to go forward. And just a couple of quick points flying along through this. First is this, 
Forgiveness isn't simply something that we do in response to somebody saying, I'm sorry. Now, when somebody says to us, I'm sorry, we should be inclined and should forgive, but we also need to forgive people who never say that they're sorry. And we don't do it for their benefit, we do it for ours. So forgiveness isn't just responding to somebody who apologizes. Forgiveness is something that we need to do for ourselves. Secondly, saying that we forgive somebody else doesn't mean that we approve or affirm or say what they did is right or okay. I think sometimes when we think about forgiving others, especially those who haven't said, I'm sorry, that somehow or another what we're doing is, is we're communicating, you know what, well, they were right, or I deserve that kind of thing. And that's not what forgiveness is at all. You know, when Jesus died on the cross to give us our forgiveness, he wasn't saying that our sin was okay. He was actually communicating it was really awful right? And so when we forgive other people, it's not like we're saying, well, you know what? It's no big deal. You know, sometimes it really is a big deal. You know, when somebody, you know, um, uh, when somebody is just abuses us or neglects us or threatens us or harms us, I I, I think we kind of intuitively know that that's not okay, but we still know we need to forgive. I think what's harder for us sometimes is the little dings that we get every day in our relationships with the people around us all the time. You know, siblings and spouses and children and neighbors and colleagues and et cetera. And there's little things that are said or done or not said or not done. And they kind of eat at us or whatever. And then we get and, and they, they kind of build up into this big ball. And, and, and the very fact that we say, you know what, I'm going to forgive that and let it go doesn't mean that what they said is right or true. It just means that you're not going to hold on to it because you know it's not good for you spiritually. And so it's not saying that what happened is okay or good. It's about letting it go. You know, and a great example of that is is Joseph at the end of the book of Genesis, right? You know, he wasn't saying that what his brothers did was good. He was just saying, he just saying that he forgave them. He also communicated that God meant it for good, even though his brothers didn't mean it for good. So it's not saying what, what, what happened to me is all right or okay, because that's not what it means. Third thing, forgiving isn't just forgetting that it ever happened. Because the Bible, I don't think, really asks us to do that. You know, it tells us that we should remember, right? We, we learn from our past. We look back over the lessons and we learn from those things. So it's not like we just forget and we suppress the memory and we bury it somewhere. That's not what it's asking us to do. What it's really talking about is not dwelling on it anymore, correct? Is, 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 is seeing how God can use it in a way to make us stronger and better, if you will. So it's, it's learning from it. So it's not just forgetting about it. It's about forgiving it, but then making it a part of who we are so that we're stronger and more complete in our relationship with God. Like Joseph said, let, let God mean it for good in our lives and let it have that fruit. Another thing, and I think this is a huge point for many of us, when we forgive somebody who's hurt, hurt us, especially somebody who's close to us that we've really trusted, to forgive them doesn't mean that you have to trust them again immediately in the exact same way. Doesn't mean that. You know, if if somebody has cheated you out of thousands and thousands of dollars, it doesn't mean you need to turn around and make another investment in them as soon as they say, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that. 
It does mean that you forgive, you let that go, but trust is something that's earned over time. It's a, it's a, it's a product of performance. The Bible would use the word character. And so as they show that they are transformed, is that their repentance is producing fruit, then we need to be open to rebuilding that trust. But it doesn't mean that we have to trust them right away. You know, I've dealt with some marriages that found themselves in moments that were, where trust was just totally shattered. And, and the thing I, I, I say to them is that you need to be ready to do whatever it takes to rebuild trust. You can't expect that as soon as you say, I'm sorry, and you forgive, and the other person forgives, and you're starting to work on building your marriage back up, that you're going to have the same levels of trust. It just doesn't work that way. We're not built that way. We're not wired that way by God. We need to be open to rebuilding that trust, but at the same time, we need to understand that it takes time to build that trust. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to walk back into a relationship and let them torture you all over again. That's not necessarily what forgiving is really all about. It's not about trusting the person the same way. And here's the last point I want to make. It's not just about learning how to manage your anger. You know, it's not just simply saying, well, I've forgiven now because I can see them without wanting to rip their face off, right? It's not, it's not what we're talking about. We're, we're actually talking about dealing with what causes the anger, not learning how to manage the anger. And so those things. So what is forgiveness biblically? What is forgiveness for us? And I've got a few things for you to think about. And, and, and again, coming out of our parable, right? It, it, we read about the story of the, uh, and, and, and as the, you know, the, the, the servant who owes 10,000 talents is pleading and pleading and pleading, right? Um, and, and the master says that the, um, the master, verse 27, the master of the servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. You know, forgiveness for us is a decision. It's not a feeling, but it's a decision that we're going to eliminate the debt that they owe to us. It, just like here, this guy owed 10,000 talents, but the master makes a decision to release him, to write off, to cancel his debt. But for many of us, it's not a financial debt that's owed to us. And I don't think it's wrong, even after we forgive it, to expect the loan to be repaid. That's not what we're talking about. But, but what's really emphasized here is the need for us to make a choice that we are going to forgive. And with that, we write off, if you will, we, we dismiss or we let go of that which causes the anger, their debt to us. And that's what biblical forgiveness is all about. It's not forgetting it, but it's setting aside and it's no longer on the balance sheet and there isn't anything that they need to do to settle our anger because we've already settled that by the decision that we've made as a follower of Jesus Christ. Second thing, forgiveness, I think, is a commitment to cease feeling resentment or pain as the other person. And I know this relates to what we've just talked about, but I think we need to go just a, a little bit further. Forgiveness, biblically, is a commitment to let it go so it doesn't create the same feelings within us, the same anger, the same response 
response within us. And I know that can be really difficult. You know, I, I read a story a long time ago. In fact, some of the details were just a little bit fuzzy to me, but it was about a, 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 an Amish man who was interviewed and his, his, he had had a, a family member who had been killed in a violent act simply because he was Amish. You know, they're just joking around or whatever and, he, and this kid landed up dead. And this dad forgave those who killed his children. And it was interesting that when he was, when he was interviewed, uh, uh, just a long period of time afterwards, they said, well, how did you forgive? And he says, I make a commitment every day to forgive. Sometimes it's one of those things to say, I, I, I'm making the commitment today not to let that govern how I feel because I've forgiven it and I've let it go, and I'm making that commitment to cease feeling the resentment or the pain in our lives. Biblically, forgiveness is also about undertaking the, 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 the challenge of praying for and longing for the best for those who have hurt us. I mean, Jesus put it this way, you know, you've got to love your enemies, and you have to pray for those who persecute you. And so, biblically, forgiveness is, all right, I've made the choice to let the debt go. Not saying what they did is okay, but I've let it go. I'm making the commitment to say it's not going to govern the way I think or feel or how I react because I want that to be governed by God. And with that, I'm actually undertaking the challenge of praying for and longing because I love my enemy for good things to happen to them. Now, that takes a lot, no doubt about it. And with that, it really comes down in many ways to the fact that it's an act of obedience. To forgive other people is an act of obedience. It's what God asks us to do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Again, I said it very clearly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And it says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ has forgiven you. Again, you see that inseparableness between being forgiven and being forgiving people. And you see that he's saying here, because you have been forgiven, I am commanding you to be not only kind and tenderhearted, but I'm also challenging you, commanding you to forgive one another. So forgiving one another is actually an act of obedience. And and obedience is in our expression of our love for Christ, right? If you love me, you will obey my commands, Jesus said. And one of those commands is to forgive one another. And again, those commands are only given to us because they're good for us. So, so in many ways, again, forgiveness isn't saying what they did was okay or I affirm it or I deserved it or, or any of that kind of stuff. But it is about saying, I'm going to cancel the debt I'm going to make the choice not to feel that way anymore. I'm going to make the commitment to pray for them, one of them. And as an act of faith, I'm going to obey what it is that Jesus has asked me to do, which is to forgive. And in this pandemic, in a time when lots of people are not bringing out, the, it's not bringing out the best in lots of people, it's a time when you and I really need to learn how to forgive. So I, I want to give three closing thoughts, if you will, real quickly on why learning and being forgiving people 
is so important for us, why it's so vital for us, why, why I think it's a word that we need to hear again from God about being forgiving. And here, here's the first one. And, and, and I want to look at it from a kingdom perspective. right? We're, we, we as the church are trying to be the body of Christ in the world. We as individuals are trying to be the light of the world where the world sees our good works and glorifies our Father who is in heaven. We're trying to follow along in the footsteps of Jesus who looked at his disciples and threw them to us and said, you shall be my witnesses. And I got to tell you, along with love, forgiveness is one of the best indicators that we've been with Jesus. Along with love, forgiveness is one of the best indicators that we've been with Jesus. You know, they, they looked at, at, at the disciples and they recognized that the, the religious leaders did after they had crucified Jesus. They looked at them and said, you know what, they, they, they knew they weren't learned, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. One of the ways that they can tell that we've been with Jesus is because we are forgiving people. Right? What did Jesus say about love? You know, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Correct? So by the way we love one another, we show that we belong to him and we're able to be those witnesses, to be that light that he's called us to be. But that's also true about forgiveness. If we're not a people who can forgive, we're not going to have that powerful witness. You know, again, going back to um, Colossians chapter 13, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. We reflect the presence of Christ within us because we are a people who forgive. We forgive. So this is critically important from a kingdom perspective. But it's really also really important for us from a personal perspective. And let me plant here for just, just, just a second as we wrap up our, our, our time together today. You know, forgiveness is a gift that God's trying to give us. He, he, he forgives us, right? He forgives us. But, but our being forgiving is actually a gift that he gives to us that unchains us from our past and releases us into our future, into the future that God has for us. Now, now think about this for a minute. You know, when you and I are working when you and I don't forgive, we, we, we are focused on what's happened in the past. We're remembering what that person did to us last month or a year ago or what happened to us in our childhood or those kinds of things. And, and, and we're focused on our past. But all the time, God in his grace and his mercy and his strength is trying to take us forward into the future that he has for us, which is dictated by his grace. He's released us from all of that. And so one of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves is to allow ourselves to be unchanged from our past that's trying to hold us back and keep us back, but to release it by forgiveness so that we can move forward into God's future for us. And so with that, I invite you today to be forgiving to be forgiven by God and to be forgiving so that you can let go of your past and you can move forward into the future that he has for you. Here's the other reason why I think it's so critical for us personally. 
You know, we, we have the kingdom orientation and, and we recognize that, boy, if we're really going to be living the lives in, our, in the future, we're going to grow into who God wants us to be. We have to be people who let go of our past. So we have to be people who, who get unchained from it by forgiving as we've been forgiven. But here's, here's another, you know, forgiveness allows us to be controlled by the Lord, by God, rather than being controlled by others. You know, when, when we don't forgive other people, then we are giving them control to dictate how we feel, what we think, what we're going to do, right? And we're releasing that control out to them. But, but Jesus steps into our lives and said, I am your Savior and your Lord. And if you really want what's best for you, you need to be obeying what I've asked you to do as your Lord, and we need to let him be the one who dictates how we feel, what we do, how, you know, um, what we want to do in, in, in our values and our character and all those kinds of things. And so really, when you and I fail to forgive, we are actually granting power over ourselves to the people who hurt us. But when we forgive, because we've been forgiven, Right? When we forgive because we've been forgiven, we grant that power to Christ. And, and, and boy, that's a blessing that we give to ourselves. So I want to invite you to do yourself two favors today. I want to invite you to grant yourself two favors today. One, let yourself be forgiven by Christ. Place your faith in him and be forgiven. Secondly, be forgiving. Be forgiving so you can fulfill the role that he has for you on the planet to be a witness and a light. Be forgiven so you can be unchained from your past, no longer controlled by those who have hurt you, but released into God's future, guided by the Lord who loves you and has gone on record that he truly does because he died for you. Hey, let me leave this in a word of prayer. God, thank you for the privilege of hearing from your word today. God, I, I got to be honest, and I, I think I speak for, for all those who, are, who have listened to this lesson from you today, that, that this is hard. You know, sure, so it, it's easy to let go of some things, Lord, but other things are really, really hard to forgive. So, Father, we ask you to keep a promise that you've made to us, that in Christ all things are possible for us. Make forgiveness possible for us today so that we can be set free from our past, no longer controlled by those who hurt us, but released by your forgiveness into your lordship and into the future that you hold for us. For I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And again, if you've not gone to our website yet and filled out the Connect card, I'd love for you to do that. You can also find on our website an opportunity to give if that's something that you'd like to do and, and need a, an avenue to be able to do that. We will certainly um, welcome that gift and use it with great stewardship. Uh, if there's ways that we can minister to you, please just let us know through the Connect card. We'd love to be of service. And if not, we hope to hear from you this week. If not, we'll see you next week online for Sunday Morning Live. God bless and have a great week.